1: Welcome, 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 239 That's Centro in Southwest Florida and beyond, and we are live in the studio today. We've got the Sheriff Kevin Rambosk and the Undersheriff Colonel uh, Jim Bloom, I <laughs> get that name, two uh, really very special people. And uh, first off, this is a special live. We're going to talk about school safety, things that have been going on in our community. And, you know, we at the Collier County Sheriff's Office, and I say we because I'm always going to be a member of the Collier County Sheriff's Office, we are doing a lot of things. and We've done a lot of things, but we are here to just let the parents know that, you know, hey, listen, this is this is something we've we've been doing for a long time. We want to reassure them the best we can. Um, you know, that's that's very important. Welcome to the studio, gentlemen.
0: Thanks, Jimmy G. Yeah. Glad Thanks, to be here. Timmy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great to have you guys. Um, first off, you know, let's offer our condolences out to those folks in Texas. It's just a terrible situation. Rob Elementary School. You know, when you see these things come across, you're always saying to yourself like, gosh, you know, you know, this can't happen in our community. We can't allow this to happen. And, you know, these people, these young kids get up that day and these teachers get up, you know, in the morning. They expect it to be a normal day. Right. You know, so it, it kind of it's heartbreaking when you see this stuff on the news.
2: Yeah, I think when you when you look around the country, you just think to yourself, as you said, it can't be happening again. And you know, you hope that when emergencies occur, the agencies involved and responsible for that area are prepared uh, to address them. I can tell you, and and uh, the colonel will talk a little bit more about uh, some of the tactics and training that's important. But you know, they're they're very clearly over the last decade, uh, we've been continuing to evolve, as you know. Um, Our program's been in place since 1977. Uh, We've been growing that uh, over the years, and and certainly each time there's a a tragic event from Columbine through Sandy Hook to Parkland, um, we have always reviewed what our policies, our procedures, our equipment, our tactics are, and I I think that's essential for any law enforcement agency to do, uh, to remain uh, current, with the tactics that are presented i know there's a lot of discussion going on about uh, responses and and uh, concerns uh, and we're not going to know that for for a while yet before this evaluation is done however i i think it's really important for us to let our residents know what we do here and and we're very fortunate Uh, first i gotta say thank you to our residents for providing us the resources Uh, the, the, the personnel, the, the training, the specialized equipment uh, and the tactics uh, that we're able to provide. And, and, you know, at one time, Tim, since you were in YRB for, for a long time, in fact, that's how we met. When, yes, a long time ago, Naples High back in 1990. I, absolutely. Three, and two. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, so a while. So, you know, you know how we've progressed through the years. And, and today, our YRD staff is probably the second most highly specially trained group in the organization. SWAT is first, and then yeah. tactics and training for uh, our, our YRBs. In addition to providing that positive influence and uh, just connectivity to, to our young people, to let them know, we're here, we're here to give you a comfortable environment to learn, and we're gonna do everything humanly possible uh, to affect that. And, but but you know, there's no one thing. I don't think anyone is gonna ever be able to say, this is what we have to do, and, and uh, Jim and I will go over a variety of things, but there is an accumulation of, of policies, procedures, tactics, strategies, but most importantly, we have to go back to prevention. You know, tactically, we are great. We have the best tactically trained people, whether it be SWAT, or YRB in the entire country. That's as far as I, I'm, I'm concerned. I believe that. And, but, you know, I don't want it to get that far. I don't want to have to engage inside a school. We want to find uh, and evaluate, uh, and that's why we have such a great threat management program that we've been put in place, and, and we're about to be recognized for nationally.
1: Yeah, no, and Colonel, echo on that. I'm sure you got so much to talk. Yeah, I, I we would, all.
0: Unfortunately, we talk about this for hours, and it's something that's very near and dear to both the sheriff and I. Um, a couple things. As you stated earlier, we have one of the longest-running youth relations programs in the country, 40-plus years, so that we have had deputies in schools. And with that being said, in, in 2008, when the sheriff took over, he realized we needed to, to continue to push to eventually have deputies in every school. And that that was the goal. And so when, as we progressed from 2008 forward, when Marjorie Stoneman hit, we were actually in pretty good shape by the state standard of putting deputies in all schools at that point because the sheriff had set us up. I say that because he hit it on it earlier. There is no one thing. And what I want to preface it uh, to, you hear a lot of Monday morning quarterback, you know, guessing. The sheriff said it. We won't know all the facts for days, weeks, months. So they do the evaluation of it. I say that because this is not a time to be political. This is not a time, you know, to try to do something for gain. We need to try to learn off this incident as we have all the ones that came prior to this. Every agency in this country is an evolution of how we respond. And there's a lot of things that go in place, such as should, in my opinion, the sheriff's opinion, should all schools have law enforcement? Yes no doubt about it. In the, in the country, that is where we're going to have to go. And I believe this is probably the incident that's going to do that. Um, you know, we look back, Combine was, a, you really look at, there's four, been four major incidents in schools that have changed the evolution of back to shoot. Combine was the first. I'd been on SWAT approximately 1996. Pri- during that time, prior to Combine, the standard across the country was if you had a shooting incident going on, patrol would spawn, respond, hold the perimeter, and wait till SWAT got there. We learned you don't have that time in Combine. You know, seconds, you get it's a death toll. Um, every second amounts to a body. That changed that whole tactic. Then you fast forward to Sandy Hook and you're dealing with body counts. And that was another changer. Then you you go forward to Marjorie Stoneman, in our case, less than 100 miles away, very close to us in Florida here in, in Naples. That, again, changed specifically for Florida because a lot of state regulation came out of mandatory law enforcement in schools at that point and, you know, tactics and certain types of training that had to be put in place, which we were in a great spot as a result of the sheriff and his vision. We were already pretty much had all that taken care of. Uh, and now you fast forward to um, the Rob Elementary incident in Texas, and that is going to be a game changer. And there's one other thing i like to add on that, really another Pivotal point, although it wasn't a school, unfortunately happened here in Florida, too. And that's the Pulse nightclub, which, yeah. as you know, uh, Sheriff, Manon, it was very involved in that aspect of it in Orlando. What that changed, though, and I bring that up, is we learned when we respond and you have a barricaded subject, they, they pulled out and we learned from that aspect of it, trying to negotiate your, your death toll has a chance of going up with injured people. Unfortunately, I think we're going to learn that in this incident, too. We don't have time for that. You have to go. You have to push forward and isolate and eliminate that threat and develop casualty collection points, which we'll go into some of the things we've done later on. So you really walking through the hierarchy. My point is these incidents evolve every time and we learn from them.
2: Yeah, and and active assailant or school violence, it, it really doesn't matter. The goal and our policy as created was, go to the shooter and neutralize the threat. And we have that essentially written almost exactly like that. Not the shooter, but obviously, you know, you know right. go immediately responding directly to the incident and neutralizing the threat. I think people need to understand that. that
1: and, and I have had the opportunity and i going to be teaching in Orlando and I'm teaching at the sheriff's office as well, to the new school resource officer. So what we need to let those folks know that in the very first thing I say, when we come into class, those days working in the schools are no longer like officer friendly. Now, can we be friendly? Absolutely. However, you're basically signing up for if you hear gunshots, you are going in and unfortunately, you know, things may happen. But you are going and you are neutralizing the threat, like the sheriff said, and there is going to be absolutely no, nothing else but that you're going to lay down some, you know, some lead, you know, and again, nobody wants to hurt anybody. But if someone comes into your school and they're shooting, we have an obligation or those SROs have an obligation to go there and immediately do that. And I tell them right up the bat, if this is not something you're willing to do, don't sign up for this, this job. Right. So that's kind of what we, we, we do. And I, and I think you're right in line with exactly what we, we teach. Yeah. We've been doing this for a long time, though. This is not something yeah. new.
2: No. And, and you know, there, I think there's one thing that's as important, and that is recognizing every single deputy out there, because no matter what you respond to, yes. that responsibility to go to the gunfire and neutralize the threat is there. So, you know, everybody needs to know that no matter who you are, no matter what your assignment when it starts to happen, you go. Again, if you're not comfortable in that, then maybe we should find something else for you to do. Right. Yeah, this yeah.
0: probably isn't the job for you. And just to, to piggyback in on that, that, that is part of our training all the time. That is part of the reminder. And quite frankly, every day we put this uniform on, we tell all of our members, look in the mirror and be ready to take action today. That's yeah. your job and your responsibility. And you, if we have these types of incident, it really comes down to three things locate isolate eliminate it's that simple and that is your job and if you can't do that then this is probably not the profession for you and i can't put it any other way
1: yeah so parrots are shaken, right they're shaken, you know everywhere in every community right throughout the country and, and probably sure. beyond right so what are we doing? And I and I know because I've you know been in that role before, but what are we doing? And I know we work very well with, with Dr. Patton, we work very well with the school systems, the privates and, and publics, but tell us what we're doing to make sure, and again, I don't know if we can make sure this never happens, but to try to make minimize or, or eliminate that potential the best we can.
2: Well, I think the first thing is, and you you mentioned it partnerships with other organizations in this case being the collier county public school system we have a great and supportive superintendent staff and uh, board who have backed every request to harden the school system Uh, and so from a, a safety perspective i gotta tell you when we make a request and it is fulfilled that that is supporting the effort so it's facilities it's uh, procedures on the school system side. It is mental health um, addressing uh, both uh, teaching for teachers uh, to teachers and also making it available for students. Yeah, so we
1: have been so proactive in the past, right? And and for those of you who don't know in, in Collier County, we have been like I said, we had this program since 1977. I remember that. The initial response from the school board when Sheriff Aubrey Rogers came, they said, "Listen, we love the idea, but deputies cannot have guns in the schools, right?" So things have changed a lot since then. But starting today, and again, we know we've been doing it for a long time. You know what? You know what are some of the things that we're going to try to put in place to, to make any to make changes today?
0: Yeah, I'll jump in here real quick and turn to the sheriff. What any organization needs to do, not one thing is your fail-safe. You can put deputies in school. That is no, not there's no guarantee that is gonna A, prevent or even deal with the problem should it occur. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sum it up this way. You have to develop layers of resiliency, or in our cases, we've called it for literally 20 years, rings of security. What do we mean by that? Well, we do believe in deputies in in all schools. We believe in training, training to the highest level. Of bringing not only of responding to those types of things, but even advanced types of training, bringing in the very best. And as you know, the, the sheriff, Sheriff Rambosk, has brought in some of the best men and women in the country. Uh, and I'm talking former military operators and special forces, some that have been involved in some of these situations across the country. We spend the money because we know the importance of it. We also develop CIT, well not develop, but implement CIT. That was Sheriff Rambos. We started this many, many years ago of identifying uh, those individuals that might be under crisis intervention and putting training out to all of our members and specifically those deputies that are in the school. Then on top of that, it's training the school system and making sure we have a solid partnership. We do that, putting in proper uh, policies and procedures and practices to deal with both the prevention and the response aspect of it, then you go onto the equipment. We we are very blessed here, as the sheriff said. Uh, we are supported by the by the community, and he puts his budget for every year. From armored vehicles to patrol rifles, to every one of our deputies has that now to respond because most of these situations are not handguns, you know. So we have to be able to to combat those issues. To a ballistic vests, to ballistic shields, to breaching tools. You have to, we've learned seconds count. you got to be able to breach a door, okay, and get to the threat. Those are the types of things. Now we've even evolved under the sheriff's leadership with technology. Drones, we have drones now to do searches throughout schools. Some of our, those listeners that may not be familiar with us, we have one of the largest school districts in the country. Um, You know, 50 plus public schools, our charter schools, and over 50,000 students in the public school system. So over 2,000 square miles. So you can imagine the challenge. It's
1: bigger than a lot of cities. Bigger than yeah, some states, yeah. quite mm-hmm. frankly.
0: So, yeah, you're, you're looking at that aspect of it and the necessity of technology along with, with cameras in the schools, cameras throughout the community, and then development of what we recently have done. One of our most recent things is The Rock, a real-time operations center, which is tied into all those systems. And should we have something occur? then we're able to operate both the area command and our talk, our tactical operation command out in the field and use all those resources. Uh, But I'll turn it back over to the sheriff because I know he has some things he wants to add.
2: Well, you know, when, when you look at the individualized specialized training and equipment that we've got, you look at evolving policies and procedures uh, as well as tactics. uh, We've changed them over time with each incident and, and we've gotten, down well prior to this to the the single response that's immediate upon an issue occurring Uh, that's critically important we've worked with the school system to look at um, how their facilities can be hardened Uh, you know do we want to make schools prisons no absolutely not but you know a single point of entry identification cards Uh, methods for getting into the school limits the potential of people wandering around the schools. So, so a lot of work there, but again, as, as we were looking forward, and this is two to three years ago, uh, really after Parkland, we said we need to go to the next step and that is more prevention. So we did a couple of things. We created a mental health uh, unit uh, in our organization Uh, uh, They work directly uh, with the deputies that have been trained in the school system. We created a youth resource center, and that helps parents who um, have a child that is to the point that they need help. Uh, They may not know where to go. They can actually go there, and they can get referred to uh, mental health crisis help or behavioral help or, or whatever it is that they need. And then, of course, the most important one was the Threat Assessment Management Program. And, uh, you know, I got to really congratulate that team because they have created a process that's a 24-7. It's a daily review of cases and incidents and comments, uh, a weekly brief, then a monthly connection with uh, the CCPS uh, mental health team who is a critical element uh, working with teachers uh, as far as identifying uh, young people that may need some help without labeling people. It's just trying to identify well in advance of a particular potential of a problem and getting people the assistance that they need. And and, and that's where it's going. Technology and and mental health intervention uh, for people to get help and but you know what i I'm happy to tell our residents that we've actually been working on that for a better part of three years now
1: yeah, I know, I know that's a that's a huge thing that's the probably the number one component and I think our relationships we have with our students, our teachers in the school is and you touched basically said it it's the prevention of it, identifying this kid or this person or this adult that's in this situation in this crisis that's making these threats and pay very close attention to that person. We've, I know we've done that. We've, oh. been, we've been day one. We do we take? Let me ask you this question. Do we take these threats serious at Collier County Sheriff's Office? If you've got a kid that says, I'm going to
2: bring a gun to school, oh, absolutely. I know the answer. Absolutely, we do. <laughs> and I will tell you what, we've, we've gotten uh, comments, threats, remarks, photos on uh, uh, social media <clears throat> at 10, 11 o'clock at night. We're knocking on the door of the house, finding out, do the parents know what has been posted, said, recorded? Do you have weapons? Um, it happens. We, we, ha- we have young people who don't know the seriousness of what they're posting, what they're saying. And, and some, you know, have been harassed and some are frustrated and, and, and some uh, are reaching out for help. But that's not the way you do it because as, as a young person, you'll ruin your entire life making those kinds of comments.
0: Tim, as you know, being the former captain of youth relations and then the chief, you just to reiterate, Sheriff saying we have taken these serious from day one. And I believe we're at the forefront. It doesn't matter what time of day, night, holiday. We're not waiting till the next school day. We respond that night. Literally, we don't care what time it is. Several from either the mental health being along with the youth relations deputies and or even someone from our investigative department all responding together and looking at, at what we found on social media or what the threat was, if it was an email phone call and running that all to ground up into, do they have access to weapons um, and so forth in helping make sure that is a secure environment. And that really, and we've had some encounters over the years that you and I and the sheriff both know, or, you know, things that could have been, could have possibly gone wrong. We'll never know, but we know yeah. we intervened in it early on and took it extremely serious. And let me finish one last thing here on that thought. There is a gambit, if, if you ask what one thing uh, you know, I believe is the most successful, I think it's having the programs in place that we have with our youth relations, our gang unit, our uh, showcap unit, our Jam Jar, our mental health, all that to deal with an issue before hopefully it becomes a Rob Elementary issue.
2: So I, I think that's great. Um, and so let me just add a couple of things because it's critically important. One, I re- want to recognize our fabulous school teachers. They, they see young people each and every day. They're helping them with their lives and, and building their careers. Uh, we've had many that have reported behavior that was concerning, uh, and we've been able to jump in there. Uh, parents have got to spend the time to watch the phones and watch the computers. You own them. You, our kids don't. I have two kids they didn't own the phones. I owned the phones. So what are they doing? What are they up to? And the community, if you see something that's out of place or you you think somebody needs help, let somebody know so that we can follow it up.
1: Yeah. to just to follow up on that too. And I want to make sure everybody understands I got a little bit of an advantage being there before, but we get this all the time. You have that mother, the father, you have an adult, you have talking about their kids they do not want to call you because they feel that this is no big deal this is going to pass we want to know you got do you guys want to know
0: absolutely we we want to get involved in the beginning and there's so many outreach programs and that's what the sheriff was saying we have a great community we have so many resources that we can divert if we can't take care of it at the sheriff's office we will lead them in the right direction whether it's mental health whether it's big brothers big sisters you know a lot of these are mentoring issues and and so forth and guidance issues they just you have to be involved with the youth of our community it's that simple
1: yeah that's great stuff with all this happening we know it it tends to get political and i've even professed the fact like let's let's stop that for now let's stop that for now find out what's going on find out what's happening do you even anticipate or can you think of anything that could potentially be legislation or put into legislation that could change the situation we're in. I mean, it's a very tough question.
2: You know, it's a tough one there. there I think there are a couple of things. Let, let's talk from the, from the state level uh, from one perspective, I think we're going to see, and, and some of this might be from the federal level, but I think we're going to see much more of uh, support for mental health training, mental health, counseling, mental health, referral. Um, and, and, you know, I even, I, I hate using the word e- even mental health. You know, we've all had problems in life. If you need to go talk to somebody, we need to come up with a way that our young people and our adults can go, hey, I'm having a problem with this before it gets out of hand and try and resolve it. So, so I think you're going to see that as, as one of the biggest moves forward. And then I think you're going to see more technology, and, and more interest in law enforcement to be placed in schools throughout the rest of the country.
0: Yeah, I'll jump in here. And I agree with the sheriff. I think, well, the good news for us is Florida has been at the cutting edge. I hate to use that word, but we, we have. Whether it's been thrown in there because of the event. <laughs> right, yeah. For, for good or bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and I don't say that lightheartedly. Unfortunately, we've had our share of active shooter types of events, both at schools and at commercial aspects. So we have a lot of things in place already as far as, you know, Mandatory law enforcement guardian program at all schools in the state of Florida. Um, so that was taken very serious. I think what you're going to see, and the sheriff said, I think there's going to be a big push for mental health, um, both training for school staff, for law enforcement, and then mandatory follow-up. What I think you're going to see out of this, because I've seen it nationally, but I think it's coming also, and it's necessary, the hardening of schools even more, and a standardization of the hardening of the schools. Now, I'm probably going to get a little political here, and maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. What I will tell you is I saw under COVID where the federal and even state guidelines, not necessarily Florida, but at times they quickly mandated certain things to be done and put money at it. They can do the same here, and we can use. There's a lot of monies left over from that COVID aspect that were assigned to schools. Push that in, okay, but make sure there's standards. Make sure we prioritize what those uses of technology and hardening should be and then let's push that out to those uh schools especially those communities that necessarily don't have the ability and the money at their disposal as you know we're very fortunate in the community we live in
1: yeah real quick on this one for either one um we know that social media is huge it's a it's a source for information good and bad right (laughs) right we know that What do we have in place without, you know, tactically giving up information, but what do we have in place right now that the Collier County Sheriff's Office utilizes to monitor
2: social media? We have systems in place that are able to monitor that which is out publicly in the system and, you know, looks for comments, looks for pictures, looks for uh, threats, um, but another way we, we sometimes get them is from another person who heard the threat, didn't quite know what to do with it, but in the end said, you know what, that's not right, and they have contacted. And, and I think that's what we need to ask a, more of the public because, uh, you know, we're not the NSA here that, right. that can listen to everybody's phone calls right. and texts. and, But you know what? you're communicating with people or or our kids are communicating with with other people and we need to let them know listen if if you have someone who you thought was a friend start to comment and make threats you need to let us know and we need to let the school system and the sheriff's office know about it
1: and again goes back to that whole thing doing the job for for a long time the public always seems to feel like they're maybe bothering us or it's such a minor thing and i always tell everybody listen we we want to know trust me we want to know we we want to have that information i'd much rather know about it and prevent it and stop it before it gets into a situation like this now from what we know very limited information on the shooting that happened in texas um this kid had showed many signs and uh, you know a lot of signals that people should have Caught up on, or should have identified and let people know. Now we'll probably find out if that had been passed on to other people. I'm sure that's going to come out. But I think we need to learn when something like this happens. Like, hey, Johnny's writing some crazy stuff. Let's make the call, see it, say it, that type of thing. Sounds cliche. I always talk about that. But let let somebody know. Anything else to add on to that, Colonel?
0: Yeah, or yeah, a few things. You're absolutely right because. Okay, so you see something. You don't think it's that that major, but... It's your kid or someone's
1: kid's friend. I know him.
0: It's a a flag. Yeah. So you call us and we document it. Okay? Two weeks later, someone that you don't know sees the same issue or sees another problem with the same student. They call us. Point is, if the two people wouldn't have called us, we start building information and we go, something doesn't look right. My point is, each piece of the puzzle starts to build the puzzle if you don't call in and we don't have the information to start building it and realizing, Hey, there's a problem here. We can't work on it. And as I tell my kids, I can't fix the problem if I don't know about the problem. And, and it's that simple.
2: And, and let me throw in one thing. And you asked before what we're doing. If you look at Parkland Cruz was in the jail, I believe it was 38 times. Uh, uh, several 38 <laughs> times nobody Wednesday. really knew who he was and in in our system with our mental health unit by the third time you're in our facility they get a debrief and vet it and find out why you're there and if they need mental health evaluation they go because we have clinicians we're, we're one of the few agencies uh in the state or the country That have hired civilian clinicians trained through a partnership with the david lawrence center uh, who will go in and not only check on people who have had uh crisis issues in the community but they also work in the jail and why are people continuing to uh come back in that that to me that was the biggest red flag why are you not tracking after 38 times what the problem is
0: yeah Hey, Tim, real quick, too. The the sheriff said earlier, you said, I got to say one more time. These things have been the best and the worst for for our nation, for the world. What I mean by that, though, is great information sharing, but also now with bullying, the speed of it, so forth, um, it's been very detrimental. But as a parent, my girls will tell you, and I can't preach this enough, as the sheriff said, it is yours as an adult. You probably purchased it for your child, get in there and know what your kids are looking at and what they're doing. Shame on you. If you don't, my girls will tell you, I I have, that is mine. And I can go in there at any point. And I assure you, my wife and I do, and we know what is being corresponded between our children. And that is so important to stay on track and you can glean a wealth of knowledge out of that and get your child. You know, everybody's like, well, I, I don't want my child to get in trouble. We're not here to get anybody in trouble. We're here to to provide a solution and hopefully help resolve the problem or issue before it becomes a problem. It used to be back in the day where
1: parents were a little bit nervous about going in their kids' room and searching. That's your room. Go in right. your room. The exact same thing <laughs> with the social media platforms and the, the cell phones, things like that. You you've got to be a nosy parent. Used you used got teach to be that a, in the gang. Yeah, know, that's how what we identify Identifying the yeah. rooms, what to look for, signs, symbols, all the different things, and you know, and parents have you know today a little bit, and there's a lot of really good parents, and they, they kind of want to have their kids to have, you know, opportunities and freedoms and things like that, so we, we sure. do understand it, I'm a parent, I get it, and it goes back to, well, my kid, you know, he just did this, it wasn't a big deal, and his friend's doing the same thing, now his friend's friends are doing it, before you know it, you get this big snowball effect, and after something bad happens, we go back, and we see, oh, damn, I should have done something about it, you know, be a nosy parent, right? I think yes, it's yes. good. It's Absolutely. good you know, to do that. I call it involved. Yeah. Involved. Yeah. <laughs> you can say, it.
0: <laughs> Or nosy
1: you know, that's good. It's like it. good. It's good. Okay. Real quick, without revealing any of the tactics we have, how can we look at our citizens of Collier County, our parents of Collier County and say, listen, it's okay. Drop your kid off at school and I don't know if we can ever, 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 and we had the discussion 100% say that everything's going to be fine, but how can we possibly look at a
2: parent and say, it's okay for your kid to go to school on Monday? Well, I think you have to look at what we have put in place over time. We've talked about a lot of it today. We're very, very fortunate that we have um, the programs, the training, the equipment, uh, in the event that we need to stop a threat uh, or neutralize a threat. But we've already invested significantly in how to prevent the threat as well. But, you know, we need parents' help. When when you're uh, at the school dropping your kids off, make sure you take a look around and, and see what's going on. I mean, we, we all have to participate. Uh, Again, I mentioned teachers before and school staff, fabulous. They need to participate. They are participating. We need to do it each and every day. Uh, You know, it's, it's not unlike making an investment that, you know, you want the overall safest community and everybody works towards that effort. You lock your car. Do you have to? Well, maybe you don't have to. But you know what? If you lock it, somebody roaming around may pull the door and not get in it. So, so you, you do everything you can possibly do to limit, eliminate, and then take care of neutralize if you ever have to. Yeah. Great, great words.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll jump in here. As you said it earlier, can I look anybody in the eye and say, this will never happen here. I can't give that guarantee. And anybody that does, I'm sorry, they're, they're wrong. This can happen anywhere in the country, but what we can do is we can prepare we can mitigate we can identify we can respond and then we can eliminate so i got several emails this morning the sheriff did are kids safe to go to school you know over the last couple days i'll look you in the eye and say absolutely based on what i just said there's probably nobody better in this country quite frankly and i say that humbly of under the sheriff's guidance and how he's prepared both this agency and this community that we we are competent we are equipped, we are trained, and we're, quite frankly, ready to deal with the situation. So, yes, you can send your kids to school and feel very comfortable that we will give it everything we have to protect them every day at the highest level. And that includes giving our lives if we have to, uh, starting with the sheriff and I. And, and I'll say one thing, and how how, do, how can we know that? Because you never really know till the football game comes. You can practice right? all day long. Yeah. And I will tell you, we had... It turned out to not be a real situation. You were still at the agency. The sheriff was our sheriff. This was a few years ago. We had um, a system. I don't want to say, the well, it it was at the DLC. That's no secret. David Lawrence Center. They used some technology. um, Someone hacked into their system and literally set off an internal alarm to where including the staff thought they had an active shooter on the premises. We responded because we thought it was real. We as an agency, you were one of them. I was one of them. I can say this now because we responded as if it was a real incident up until setting up our talk and clearing the facility twice. We had over 90 officers respond, deputies, not only of, of the Carter County Sheriff's Office, but adjoining agencies along with fire and EMS. And when that was done, we looked at each other and said, this is how, if it was real, this is what we needed to do. So that that's game. That's the game. That's about as close you can come to a real football game, without having to you know do it. Yeah. One
1: one last thing, and I we can stay here as long as we want. We get we're on we're on live Sorry, right now, so we're good. Everybody. No, no, it's great. The big thing I I believe is reunification, right? So reunification is going to be a problem. So as soon as I mean, we know within seconds, and the media knows within seconds of one of these incidents, people are going to that scene, and you you got to understand. And I know you do because you you, we have kids. You're going to go to that school and you're going to do everything you can to make sure that my kid is going to be okay. Have you guys got a plan, which I feel bad about asking these questions because I know we do. And w- what's that look like?
2: L- let me introduce this for Absolutely. you. Because... <laughs> no, really. No, it's yeah. under his guidance. No, yeah. no, no. He's, no, he's no. been all over me to get it <laughs> done. No, no the colonel the led the effort to develop our new reunification plan. And, you know, the reason being is Everybody thinks or thought they had a reunification plan and you never, of course, want to have to put that in place, but it was like, oh, you know, let's pick a location and here's how it might operate. It looks perfect that way. It it does (laughs) until you start looking at some of the tragedies that are occurring and evaluating what didn't work and how it, the trauma was aggravated by a system that just did not work. So we talked a lot about we need to upgrade what we've been doing and take it away, Jim.
0: All right. Thanks, Sheriff. Uh, He's very humble, but he is the driving force of why we have a plan. And I will say this. It it, it is a solid plan, very detailed. I'm not going to go into all the details of it for obvious reasons, Um, but very few agencies in this country. Really, everybody drives towards and I understand it of the active shooter plan. But the reunification plan and/slash the follow-up investigation is what takes the time. Most active shooter situations are over in, you know, seven minutes or less, and usually a couple minutes, quite frankly. The reunification/slash investigation is gonna go on for days, months, at least, uh, unfortunately. So, with that, we've put a lot of time and effort because that is where, in our opinion, and I think I speak for law enforcement in general, public safety where a lot of people in the past have fell down. So we have worked tirelessly, the members of our agency, we set up a committee um, in, of not just law enforcement, of investigations, of special ops, of our emergency management, of our civilian victim assistance uh, members, okay? Because wh- where people do get a little confused at, they consider the follow-up investigation and reunification one thing, two separate things. Mm-hmm. and You have to identify that early on that you're going to have an active investigation going on because you're talking about homicide uh, and so forth, that it has to be.
1: Evidence, all that stuff. Evidence collection,
0: possibly multiple scenes. That is very in depth. And a lot of your agency is going to be tied up, holding perimeters, gathering evidence, talking to witnesses and so forth. Then you have, break that off. Then you have the true reunification and that is reunifying those children or those individuals with their parents. And unfortunately in this case, and I got goosebumps cancer right now, those parents that won't see their children alive again and advising them of the situation and the follow-up help and what is going to have to take place, not just at that moment, but in the days and weeks and months following up to that. And we've put a lot of thought and effort into that. And we have sent people all over the country to these locations, quite frankly, that where it has occurred and learn from them. That is one thing I will say we are very good at. You were still at the agency when the sheriff uh, asked me to put together. This just goes to show his vision forward. Remember when we held the, the active shooter symposium where we brought in members of, that were involved in the situation from those agencies, yes. from Sandy Hook, from Pulse, from Marjorie Stoneman. Mm-hmm. Um, we brought them into our agency literally and held training uh, for two days with them on the good, bad, the ugly of what they did good, where they believe they could have improved And it was some of the best training for us as an agency in learning from them. And we've done the same thing here. Once again, I'm not here to second guess anybody. What I want to do is learn from you and your incident so that hopefully it never happens here if if we have it. So I'll look you in the eye and tell you we have a solid plan. We're working with the Cardi County Public School System right now. Uh, We finalized our aspect of it. We're working with them on theirs. And then also with the county emergency management and uh, we're, we're good for that because you know me, I'm a plan guy. Yeah. I'm always. Absolutely. And the sheriff's (laughs) (laughs) training. It's all, it's always chaos, but you want controlled chaos. I know they get tired of me saying this, but it's always going to be chaos. But if we have a plan, we can evolve it because each one of these situations is independent on itself, but at least we have a template to go from that.
1: Well, I think the next one based off of what at least people surmise happen out here is people are not going to, they're not going to listen to police, right? Law enforcement. They're just going to go and and obviously, depending on the situation we have inside, you, you're going to go in that school and it's now it's going to be maybe a worse situation. And and I know that we've talked about it in the past is, you know, I'm sure at some point we got to look look at it and say, do we these kids these do these kids need to hunker down? Do they need to run? I mean, that's going to be something that we really need to look at. I think. And, you know, you got a first one story building and kids are hunkering down in classrooms. I I don't know. But that's something probably. But that that reunification, people are going to come and they're going to flock to that school. But we have to obviously handle that as we see.
0: And that's why you have to have the confidence of your community, because in this case, once again, confidence, yeah. You, you don't even know. And I, well, I, I know from us, we're going to continue to engage that threat and go after that threat, whether there's a stun, Like I said, I don't want to go into all of our tactics. But if there's a stimuli, what I mean by that, if we hear gunshots, we're going to it. And we are going to we locate, isolate, eliminate. If we don't, as in like David Lawrence situation, we flood it. We're going to flood it because, once again, even though we don't hear stimuli, we got to clear that whole situation. I say this, though, as you, to reiterate what you're saying if parents are coming and they're going to get involved in that whole situation that we might, we might not be done clearing it yet. Right. So we have to have the confidence of the community and have a good system in place to where they believe in us to listen to us and let us do our job in clearing it, making it safe and rendering it safe and removing victims or getting help to those and securing it and then, and getting them reunified or in the worst case scenario, advising them.
2: And, and, you know, sometimes we're asked, Why are we doing all this? Because this will never happen here. We absolutely have a fabulous community, uh, but anything can happen anywhere uh, by anyone. And we're going to do everything we can to prevent it. But if it occurs, I can tell you tactically, you are in the right community to be protected. Sheriff Colonel, I, I,
1: you know i am at a disadvantage because I know how much you you guys eat, drink, bleed, sweat, this stuff, and it's not like you started it today because of this, right? We've been doing this for since seventy seven building up to where we're at now yeah. um you know i I am a reassuring person. I tell parents I go listen, if you're gonna have your kids in your in these schools in our county or in Collier county, listen, we're doing everything that we possibly know of, and, and we can always learn more, right? Absolutely. To, to make sure your kids are safe. I mean, we're, I mean, is there going to be a breakdown somewhere? Yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah, but we want to make sure it's not a breakdown on the day that something like this happens. We want to keep our men and women that are protecting our kids trained. You guys have done that wonderfully. They got the best equipment. I can tell you that yes, they do. <laughs> we got the best thing. They, they are, you know, we, talk to when we run through these scenarios i personally have talked to the deputies that work in the school and say are you up and are you ready for this assignment because as with any deputy this assignment is not just your normal assignment when we hear gunshots we hear things going bad we are going to eliminate the threat and you know I don't know the total package solution, but if you're living in Collier County and, and Sheriff Carmar Marcino, same thing. No nonsense, right? Absolutely. But if you're living in one of these counties, your kids are going to be safe and we're going to do the best we can to make sure that they go to school and come home to your family. That's, that's what I can say.
0: I know in Southwest Florida, we take it extremely serious here. Uh, especially between the two counties, Lee and Collier, and uh, we'll we do our very best to protect those families and those children. I do want to say one thing, and I'll turn it over to the sheriff for a closing, but, uh, Timmy, you were a big part of that um, as the captain of YRD, then coming over to patrol as a captain, then chief. Um, you were instrumental in this. You're very humble. You haven't said that once, but I'm going to say it. We are a reason we're prepared as much as we are. You were a big part of that. So my, my hat's off to you. Thank you, Colonel. It means a lot, yeah.
2: Yeah, certainly, I concur with that. Um, and again, we've known each other for a very long time and had the same goals in mind. I, I, I think it comes down to any other profession in the world, and that is you either keep up and look forward, always ahead of where you are, or you will fall behind. And we are not going to fall behind. That's unbelievable.
1: Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. I mean, it- I miss you guys. Right. So I miss you you guys. You guys are doing all the great things and, and, you know, keeping people focused and I really appreciate you coming in. Always welcome to come to the studio and get some stuff out. We, we got a pretty good reach, so it's good that we get to, you know, get the information out and what's good about it is when we do this, it it lives.
2: Right. So people can go back in and watch it and and do all that stuff. So thank you so much. So you're on a lighter note. (laughs) You're not going to ask us how crime is in Collier County. Well, yeah, of course. How is crime in Collier County? <laughs> you gotta throw him a softball. I, how is this? How
1: is we know? We know that we we've talked about it for how many years? You know, Collier County is just such a great place that we really have any crime here. But you know, it's, it's always good. How is yeah, crime? Yeah, yeah sure
2: unfortunately, we do have some. But um, you know, the proactive approach of our members, and and that's really what it is. Because again, it's a preventative um basis in in how we protect but if you uh, got a chance to see last week uh, the u.s news and world report they ranked and analyzed 150 uh, metro areas in the country and um, naples collier county was in the top 12 of almost everything from quality of life to best places to retire but collier county was number one safest community out of those 150 metro areas. So thank you to the men and women of the Collier County Sheriff's office. You do a great job. Hey, that's great.
1: And I I love living in this place. This is an amazing place we are living, you know, (laughs) we're living here. We're having great. Well, I just want to, again, thank you guys. And, uh, you know, come on anytime we love it. You know, obviously a little bit of a, a different subject, maybe next, next time, but we want to keep. Everybody in Collier County reassured that we're doing everything we can to make sure their kids are safe. And I thought it was important that we had you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. Okay, and uh, on this show, we always go, we're out. I'm gonna get a little fist bump. All right, 239 Uncensored. Everything Southwest 40 Amion, and we are out. Please make sure to download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Don't forget to like and share on social media. This has been a Studio 239 production. That was fun.